never quit and uh, be willing to pivot. Don't basically don't marry um, your vision for it and um, be open and allow your business, which is essentially your baby to grow um, the way it needs to. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur who's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Erica Harvell. And uh, Erica is a Nashville native and uh, went to school there, um, didn't or graduate till later on and uh, ended up getting a GED, went to the ten- or, or Tennessee University um, and then switched to uh, uh, or Chamberlain um, for a business degree or Cumberland, I think I said Chamberlain, but uh, or Cumberland and uh, graduated uh, or graduated uh, or went to grad school and got an organizational leadership degree as well. Worked for Dell for a period of time, then went to AT&T. Um, afterwards, uh, worked on American Express, um, which was uh, associated or did some work with uh, AT&T. Um, son went to a water park couldn't, uh, and then couldn't find much uh, information on water parks and decided to develop an app there that was a genesis for that app. Um, found a team that uh, helped her to do that, including uh, some that are located in India, built it, launched it, and that's uh, a bit of where she's at today. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Erica. Right. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. So with that, um, I gave kind of the 30-second uh, condensed version of a much longer journey. So why don't uh, you tell us a, a little bit about uh, how your got your journey got started uh growing up in Nashville? Sure. Well, uh, like you said, I'm a Nashville native, um, uh, born to a pastor and evangelist. Um, I was a preacher's kid uh, for all of my life. And I am the second child of seven children. Um, And I, my father passed away in 2006. Um, He was unfortunately killed by a drunk driver. And so uh, I now have a amazing stepfather and um, little stepbrother. Um, I am also a single mother of four children um, as well. And that um, is significant because that's how I got on this journey. So, um, and we'll get to that, but I don't want okay. to jump too much past your the front of your journey. So growing up okay. in Nashville, and I know you mentioned before, but uh, it may be for the audience. So you went to high school, didn't graduate, later got right. a GED and went to college. So how did that what, or what kind of transpired or transpired there? Well, my story is really, really um uh, interesting. So I actually ran away from home, um, at the age of, um, 16. Um, for some reason I keep thinking 14 years old, but my sister's like, no, you were 16. Um, (laughs) so I ran away from home. I still went to school while I was there, um, ended up getting kicked out my senior year, uh, since I could not graduate, but I, I loved school. I was a cheerleader, um, in school from eighth grade, uh, up, and um, participated in a lot of clubs. So it was really, you know, it really hurt me to, you know, not get to graduate with my classmates. Um, but they did let me take the picture and I'm in the yearbook with the, the formal outfit on and, <laughs> and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, 
um, I ended up getting married before I went to college. I ended up getting married um, and I had my third child before I even decided to go to college. Um, I dealt with cervical cancer um, uh, at the early beginning of my marriage. Um, and I was told that I wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't have kids. So I did, you know, fertility treatments and all that and ended up having three kids back to back. Um, and so I decided to go to college um, while I was working at AT&T. Uh, graduated there in 2015, had my fourth child uh, a year before I graduated college, and then immediately went to MTSU for grad school. Now you say, okay, go through that, you know, have, a, you know, a lot, an unconventional path to get you to college. Now you're going to school and saying, okay, I'm going to go to get a degree. And then you even went on to get to, to grad school. And so you're, and I think you said, or that I, we, we chatted a bit before that the degree or, or for grad school was in organizational relationships or uh, leadership, sorry. Yes. Organizational <laughs> leadership, is that right? Yes, that's correct. And so, you, and then I think undergraduate was uh, with a business degree. And so you're coming out, you have business background, organizational leadership and uh, coming out of school. And so where was the, what was the, where was the first stop after school on your journey? Uh, well, I, I, I attended college while I was working at AT&T. So I, before AT&T, I was working at Dell, um, Dell Computers and Small Business, um, in the small business department, selling computers to small business organizations. Um, and I ended up leaving Dell, just simply, my father was uh, killed by the drunk driver while I was there. And when I went back to work after that, I couldn't, um, it was just, you know, too traumatic. Um, it brought back a lot of memories of him coming to have lunch with me and, and things like that. So I left Dell and I was, um, I applied to AT&T. I was not offered the job at AT&T. And that's a funny story how I got on there. My, um, my brother-in-law actually applied and he told me about the job. So I applied. And when he got his uh, interview letter, like his acceptance letter, I expected to get mine. So I checked my email and there was nothing there. So I called the HR recruiter and I was like, hey, something's wrong. I said, I said my, my brother-in-law got his letter today, but I didn't. And I was like, I'm just calling to make sure, you know, that it didn't get lost or is, you know, that it's not in spam. And she said, well, we were not going to hire you, but I am now. <laughs> just... <laughs> And, hey, it, um, it, it, it worked out whether it's intentional or not that you, hey, I assume I got the job. I'm already ready to get going. Well, yeah. okay, I guess, I, I guess we convinced us we'll hire you. So that's I great. Knew, yeah, I knew that I had the skills. I knew that, um, you know, I had the experience from, you know, working in the small business um, department with Dale and he, he didn't have the experience that I had. So I knew that if he got hired, that I should have gotten hired. And mm -hmm. so, um, I ended up staying with the company for 10 years and he was there for a year. So um, <laughs> the um, uh, the uh, HR person wasn't making a good decision at that time. So I helped her out with that one. But <laughs> um, yeah, so while I was in college, I was still working for at and and actually at and paid um, for us to go to college. It was a great company to work for. Um, while I was there, I did deal with um, some, you know, company politics, a lot of company politics and 
um, organizational bullying, which is what I actually did uh, my thesis on. Um, uh, just simply talking about the uh, leadership and how um, bullying comes into play when there's intimidation, when the um, employer is intimidated by employees and, and how they will uh, bully those employees or create a hostile work environment and fear of them you know, being replaced or looking like they don't know what they're doing. Um, and so uh, that director, several conversations, I decided to approach that situation very differently. So I went to her, explained to her what my aspirations were for the company to, you know, to move up and grow with AT&T. I had a goal of becoming VP of, um, and the loyalty, one of the VPs of loyalty in retention um, or, and she looked at me and she told me you would never be a leader. And um, I mean, I could have gotten, I did get upset, but not at her. I started looking at myself and, and asking myself, like, what, what would make her say that? Um, and so that's when I decided after I graduated um, undergrad, I decided to go right back into graduate school and get my degree in organizational leadership. Because I'm at that time, I, I was thinking she was saying because I didn't have, you know, this pedigree behind me or the, the knowledge that was focused on specifically organizational leadership, that that's why she was saying that. And so while I was in school, she would still, you know, do little things and tell me that nobody wanted me there and that, um, um, uh, you know, I was combative, like she was, you know, saying certain things. And I've come to find out she was doing that to multiple people and multiple people had reported her to, um, HR and she ended up the company ended up replacing her with um, a man named Jeremy Snyder who I absolutely love and I tell him all the time if it had not been for you then then my next step in life would have been very different so Jeremy came within a week of him being there I asked to meet with him to share what my aspirations and goals were for the company and um, he gave me the opportunity and um, promoted me um, after that meeting. And I say, okay. And, and you know, it, it is always hard to decipher sometimes when people are giving you feedback. Sometimes they just give you terrible feedback. Sometimes it's for, it's not, a, it's not genuine. And sometimes they're really just trying to help out and give what they think is a direction and sometimes deciphering that and then understanding their motivations, what they're saying, what they're trying to convey and, you know, what the, the reasoning behind it, um, it is not always uh, straightforward, but nonetheless, you know, so you had change in leadership as the people you're working for, you're saying, okay, now this is a better situation. I can, or I can uh, continue to grow here and I can continue to flourish. Now, at one point, I think that you got involved, I think it was around 2017, if I remember in our conversation um, with some of the American Express loyalty programs. I think that was with AT&T or yes. in partnership. Is that right? Yes, AT&T was a part of the uh, American Express Plenty Loyalty Program, which there were eight companies in this coalition. Um, and so after I got promoted, uh, Jeremy also gave me the opportunity to participate in AT&T's uh, Management Development Program, where um, I got to go to, to Texas, the, the headquarters in Texas, and participate in workshops there and meet with the leadership team there. 
And after that, I was tapped to work on the American Express um, Plenty um, uh, partnership. And our job there was to increase the number of AT&T customers who signed up for the Plenty loyalty program. And we actually grew that um, to 50 million subscribers. Oh, and I think that that's, you know, loyalty programs certainly have a, a lot of benefit for the company and they um, can uh, be a, a great source of revenue. So now as you're saying, okay, doing the loyalty programs uh, with AT&T, with American Express, getting that up and going. And, uh, and uh, then I think along that path or some point uh, in the more recent future is that you're continuing to do that job. Your son was looking for a water park or wanting to, and you're trying to find some information from it or for mm -hmm. it. And that's kind of the genesis of the, the, the startup you're working on now. Um, but how did that, or maybe clue, or fill us in a bit, how did that get going and, and how did that uh, come about? So this is actually while I was in um, uh, graduate school, I was sitting in my room working on a paper and he comes running in the room crying. Um, and said, mom, did you know there was a new water park here? And I said, no, I didn't know about it. I said, how did you find out about it? And he said, my friends and they're teasing me on Snapchat because today's the last day and it's too late to go. And so I started asking my friends, um, cause I was thinking how in the world did a water park open here all summer and I hear anything about it. And so I started calling my family and friends and asking if they had heard of it and only one person did. And I asked, I was like, why didn't you post anything about that on uh, Facebook, especially since it was $3 a day. And she said, we were like, we were just having fun. I wasn't thinking about it. And I, and I was like, well, you know, that's where we get all of our information locally. And um, so I, in conversation with my son a couple of days later, I said, someone needs to build an app that rewards locals for sharing what they know and, and call it NODAD. And he said, why don't you do it, mom? And at that time, I didn't know of um, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of women or black uh, people in tech. Um, and so I thought to myself, okay, why not me? And so I started uh, working on it uh, and I tried to build it myself on my MacBook by downloading Xcode, had no idea what I was doing. So I researched and found developers um, on Upwork. I interviewed several uh, companies and um, ended up working with one. We worked for six months through Skype. And then uh, the week that we were set to launch, we were invited out by the development company to visit India and talk to talk about uh, bringing them on as a technology partner um, for the company. So we flew out to India, spent a week with them, um, finished up some last minute uh, features and launched from India. Awesome. Well, no, that's uh, definitely, uh, definitely a fun journey now. How long has it been in, or how long did it take to develop? How long has it been out? Has it launched? How long has it been launched? Mm -hmm. Or kind of give everybody a, a bit of an idea as to where it's at today and, and how long it took to get here. So, so my journey has been long. Um, even the journey from launching in 2017, July of 2017 to now um, has been uh, still pretty long and uh, we've had some hurdles to jump over, but when we, when we launched in 2017, 
uh, we initially launched with the idea of video reviews. So think TikTok for small business um, reviews. And we did very well with that. Um, we gained a lot of traction with that. We had over 1400 businesses on the platform. Um, when COVID happened, the, a lot of the businesses had to permanently shut down um, or temporarily shut down. And, and what we noticed is that the businesses didn't really have a way to stay connected with their uh, existing customers. And so that was more so what they were worried about at that time was getting their existing customers to continue to uh, patronize them or uh, come back once the shutdowns were complete. And so in talking to them, we realized that their biggest issue was generating repeat revenue. So, and, and they said that, you know, the video reviews is pretty cool, but it's not really solving a problem um, for us. And I think it was because, you know, we were really early in 2017, TikTok was not out and everybody was Facebook, like writing what their thoughts were instead of being on video. Um, and so we were just a little bit too early for that. And so we decided to uh, pivot. When COVID happened, we were in an accelerator, uh, the Beta Boom um, Women's Venture Academy. And uh, so we pivoted while we were in that accelerator and uh, decided to remove the video reviews um, and build them back in later. And so we are now helping the businesses target their existing customers, like target new and existing customers in their local or their service area to get them to come back. And we're doing that with uh, geo-targeting, uh, mobile marketing, and uh, customizable uh, time-sensitive deals. So think Snapchat for coupons. And just and, I, and maybe you didn't it didn't share it, so I'll give you a chance now. What is the name of the app? Where can people find it? Kind of they're interested in it. It's it's know that so n o d a t, um, like hey, did you know that your customers need to know that? <laughs> awesome. Well, definitely, uh, it sounds like a, a fun journey, and uh, and uh, definitely uh, um, is a uh, it sounds like a, a great uh, resource for people. So. Well, now as we kind of caught up to the the present day of where your journey's at and uh, and and what's going on, it's a great time to transition to the two questions I always ask at the uh, end at the end of each episode. Um, so the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what did you learn from it? Ah, the worst business decision. Ah, gosh, how there there's been so many. Um, I would. Honestly, man. Uh, or one of the worst. Think. Even if even if it's not the worst, it's too hard to pinpoint. What's one of the the mistakes? Uh, one of the mistakes that we made. I, I mean, honestly, I, well, I would say the worst is uh, was not considering the resources or that we needed um, before we launched in doing a uh, a soft launch. Um, one of the things that I teach uh, entrepreneurs now that I mentor is to uh, work in stealth mode while you're in beta uh, with customers before you make this huge announcement that you're about to, you know, launch a new app. Because we, when we originally launched, and, and I would say this is the biggest mistake, we tried to launch across 15 states. Um, and so we had to pull back. And, and focus just on Nashville. And, and a lot of that is because, again, I this was me jumping into it with no prior um, tech 
um, experience. So I would say that is the biggest mistake. It's not uh, going, you know, region by region. No, and I think that, you know, and it is one of those, I think in a general sense, sometimes it's hard. One, if you're getting into areas of an industry or technology or that, or areas of knowledge that, you know, you, you haven't ever had as ex much exposure to. And two, you're also, as you're getting into a startup, you get excited, you want to get it out there. You want to, you know, do things and to figure out the timing, when to launch things, what to, or, you know, how long it's going to take, what the budgets are, mm -hmm. is always something that, you know, you probably difficult to estimate and most of the time you're wrong and yet you always think you got figure it figured out and so I definitely understand that, that the mistake to made but also get the opportunity to learn there yes yeah second question I always ask is now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them to uh never quit and uh be willing to pivot don't basically don't marry um your vision for it and um be open and allow your business, which is essentially your baby to grow um, the way it needs to. Awesome. Well, I definitely think that's a great piece of advice and a great takeaway. So, well, as we wrap up the episode and we touched on it a bit with what the name of your app is, but if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you or find out more? Um, you can definitely email me at Erica, which is A-I-R-E-K-A at knowthatplace.com. Um, you can follow us on all of our social at knowthatplace. Um, you can also find me on social at Erica Harvell. And then I just want to say we are about to launch a um, equity crowdfunding campaign on WeFunder. Um, and we're pitching live at the WeFunder event uh, April 7th here in Nashville. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to, to check it out, uh, support a, a great, uh, great business and, uh, and uh, make, if nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast, Erica. Um, and uh, now for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and uh, you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners, make sure to click share, subscribe, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else with your startup or your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Erica, um, and uh, wish you the, or wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much. I, I enjoyed it.